Hello and welcome to Game of Thrones, uh, MTV's weekly recap podcast show about Game of Thrones. I'm Rachel Handler. I'm a pop culture writer at MTV News, and I'm here with my fellow pop culture writers, Teo Bugby. Hello. Hello. And Crystal Bell. Hi. And Crystal's claim to fame is that she's read all of the books, so she knows everything. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the biggest thing that happened on this episode, in my opinion, which was Jon Snow. Finally, he's back to life. He's incredibly naked. <laughs> Finally, we get to see his ass. Like, really excited about that. No mm. peen, though. No peen. But they talked about it. They I think did. that's. I think we need to talk about that's it. That's progress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a little upset. Like, did we really want to see his penis because he's been dead for a while and there's like no blood flow down there? That's a really good point. It would just be a giant, <laughs> like a not even giant, but just a like a flaccid penis. Right. And apparently, it's small. They talked about how it's small. Do you? Was he just kidding, <laughs> or is that like book canon? Not that I know, but like I would assume that it's small. But Why? we know that he's like good with his mouth. Remember when he went like with Egret? He went down an Egret, and she was like, "Oh, so got he's compensating." Talents. I think so. <laughs> wow. If we like think about his like mannerisms and behaviors, <laughs> I feel like he does not manifest the self that he might be <laughs> if he was Big Dick Jon Snow. You're right. Wow. I'm glad we I'm glad we clear this up. Yeah. So do we? Do you think he's different, Crystal? What do you What do you think? I think he is extremely over it. Which I'm so glad because I was so over him being, you know, at the wall. Like, it's time for him to leave Castle Black. So the fact that that's his very last move, I'm super into that. Uh, but it still seems like he is the stark raised Jon Snow that we know and maybe love. I don't know if you love him like that. I certainly don't. I do. You do? <laughs> All right. But, you know, he he killed Ollie. He killed Alistair Thorne. He... he he basically, you know, he struck the the rope and he hung them, and he that was the honorable thing. If you go back to what he learned from Ned Stark, I mean, you have to be the one to end someone's life when they do you wrong. So, and he certainly did that. And then he walked away, which I certainly lo- I loved. I loved the big mic drop moment. I was happy that he killed people. I think we talked a little bit last week about Rob Stark and how there was like a similar sense with Rob Stark that he had sort of a misplaced sense of justice. Mm -hmm. But in Jon Snow's case, I feel like it was the right choice to kill all of those people because they're just like destabilizing the entire world up in the north by not helping the wildlings, like not like moving with the times like they're not doing anything about these ice people ice, what are the ice people? no one's really? doing anything about the ice people <laughs> the ice people are one of the, the things others. on this stupid show where it's like you have to decide that the ice people matter or that they don't matter right. they're they matter <laughs> they i mean they matter long term but on an episode to episode basis it's just like where are the ice people i don't know nobody's mentioning them yeah. for five episodes at a time and then all of a sudden it's like we have a whole episode that's just fighting ice people yeah I saw a great tweet. I don't remember who said it, but they were comparing the ice people to global warming in like t- in terms of the current <laughs> political climate. Like people don't really care about it, but it is actually like the biggest problem looming over yeah. all of us, just going to kill us. But we're all yeah. just like debating over petty shit. But he did like Jon Snow did the best move that he could possibly make. And he handed over the Lord Commander coat, uh, that glorious shawl that he wears to Dolores Ed and he was like listen you're the one who should be in charge of these people I can no longer help them they don't want to listen to me I'm going to go off I'm feeling some things where's he going I mean it's TBD I'm assuming he's going to venture off into the 
been to the north. I mean, I'm hoping that he's headed home to Winterfell. Yeah, I'm thinking that he's going to, this is going to be the bastard battle between Jon Snow and Ramsay Bolton. And I think with him goes, you know, all the best characters currently on in Castle Black. Your Man Tormund and Melisandre. Oh, they're going to go with him? I I believe. And Davos, because Davos, I mean, Davos Davos is a bottom. Can we get (laughs) leader? Yeah, let's talk about Davos being just like the Gretchen Wieners in search of his wandering queen, where he's known Jon Snow for all of about three minutes. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's ready to kick out Melisandre. He's, like, ready to f- talk to Melisandre, first of all, who, like, killed his best friend, that, like, tiny little baby girl, and get her to he bring... He doesn't know that, though. Oh, he doesn't know she's dead? Wait. Well, no, he knows Shireen is dead. He does not know it was Melisandre. That oh, was, you're like, right. burn oh. her. When that happens... I cannot wait to find out what his reaction is like. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. To Davos, Shireen was like the purest thing in the world. But he still hated her. Like, he was still not not Shireen. He hated Melisandre. Melisandre. Yeah. So he was still willing to go out of his way to talk to his most hated person in Westeros to bring back to life this person he's known for five minutes. Like, Hmm. he, he just, like, can't live without a queen. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of old people who live for other men, let's talk about Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven. <laughs> yes, let's. Um, Bran whining again, but this time I got it because it was super annoying to me that the writers took took us all the way to the Tower of Joy, which we talked about last week and why mm-hmm. that was important, and then just didn't even take yeah, us inside. Some nonsense. They pulled out. It was, <laughs> it was certainly uh, a disappointment. I, I, I was just excited to be there. I think, too, there was a... I didn't even know that that was a possibility that was going to happen because we got this scene in the books in the first book, A Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. So the fact that we had waited till season six to actually get this scene set at the Tower of Joy was huge, um, way overdue. I was personally just excited that they we were there, and uh, I'm happy that they didn't reveal the whole thing because I think they actually they need to catch up with Jon Snow. Um, I, I think the storyline needs to get Jon Snow in a place where he's hopefully ready for that reveal, and I think like those timelines are going to mirror each other. Like whatever Bran learns through the weirwood trees, I'm hoping that wherever Jon Snow is, there's an equal like oh okay. revelation. I like that. I was really frustrated last night, but yeah. that makes more it sense. Is, to it me. is frustrating. I just it would be hard because if we know this thing, and then we go through like four more episodes of just like whatever, and yeah. like Jon Snow wandering the snow trying to get to Winterfell, it's gonna feel a little deflated. That's I feel true. Like, that's right? real, that's a good point. I also feel like though this is another one of those places where it's the show just arbitrarily deciding what storylines are gonna move at what tempo and at what pace, where there's no in the middle of that scene, there's no reason for them to cut. It's just like frustrating writing mm-hmm. where you're you know that what they're all you can see all you can feel in that scene are the machination mechanisms and machinations of the writer's room as they're like okay and now we set up another building yes. block and that was all over this episode there were so many characters like Danny is in the same boat right now where she had that big dumb meeting with all of the other widows where mm-hmm. they're like we're old now and you're gonna be old too and then you won't be able to do anything and maybe they'll kill you but that's not gonna happen in this episode and it's like thanks that's so right, you helpful. can see them like doodling on a big yeah, whiteboard it's so boring yeah. yeah it's just like five minutes of time that i don't need to be spending with this character right. 
Same with Sam and Gilly, who oh, I know God. you're a big oh. Sam fan, too. Sam is my least favorite character on this whole show, and I've been rooting for his death since his arrival on this <laughs> show. I find him so boring. I think, yeah, in in other discussions outside of the Game of Thrones podcast, he's just like a big, useless nerd. He is a nerd. He he's is. such a nerd. But I, f- I feel bad for him because I feel like the writers, <laughs> all they do is give him nerdy things to do and puke. They're like, oh, Sam, like we must, we gotta undermine his manhood again. But remember though, Sam is the only other character who has killed a White Walker. That's, That's I'm true. sorry, I, that doesn't even count for me. <laughs> it was an accident. Yeah, he it tripped. was like he didn't even try. <laughs> it was like his incompetence killed a yeah. White Walker. He accidentally did it. You don't get to claim credit for that. That's true. It's true. He did, I love Gilly being like, you're the father of my baby. And he's, he, it's like, no, he's not, actually. <laughs> he Are didn't they even get to do sex this. again? Oh, I don't know. I think they, did, I they just had sex one it. time. I don't want to see either, but the, all of a sudden they had sex, and then now they're just like platonic parents i don't understand yeah he's bringing her home to mom oh, oh that's gonna be so although boring. like i don't know if you are up on the casting but freddie stroma our bay from unreal on lifetime is gonna be sam's brother on the show is he cute he's, he's like great. he's cute he's british I okay mean, he's not he's my harry deal. potter okay he's okay. a little he's like a little like i don't know <laughs> he's very like clean shaved and yeah i mean we're gonna get some like maybe tarly family backstory slash drama which Mm -hmm. I don't really care about but at the same time if we want to devote a few minutes to maybe Dick and Tarly's uh, peen let's hope I'm okay Who? with that. Dick and Tarly. Is that's that his, his name? name. Oh. With a name like Dickin. <laughs> I was like, Dick in like, Tarly? With a name so like Dickin, there has to be this some is a very D. dick focused yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Let's go back to the dicks. Who's more annoying this week, speaking of dicks, uh, Bran or Tommen? Tommen. Tommen. Yeah. 100%. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you this week. Tommen oh was really annoying. He is just the most malleable person on the entire show. Yeah. If you make a case for one thing, like just like semi-convincingly, he's like, yes. And then the next day, <laughs> another person can be like, no, 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 no. That person was totally wrong, and here's why. And then he'll be like, yes, you're right. Oh, he's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. he's really, he's a bad king. <laughs> like, I think we can agree. Yeah. At one point, we I think I was so happy that it wasn't Joffrey as king, where I was like, okay, Tommen, other people will do it for him, and it won't be a problem. But it's becoming a problem. Mm-hmm. He can, he doesn't have any sort of. I mean, he's twelve, like thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, he has no sense of the world around him. But that also means that again, he's another one where a lot of his scenes feel like they're setup scenes mm-hmm. for something that's going to happen later in the season. But then, because they're setup scenes, he's even dumber than what he might be, <laughs> like what a real person would be. Right. Yeah. And so it's like. It takes all of about five seconds for the High Sparrow to be like, but Mother's Day. And he's like, you're right. He's like, yeah. LOL, never yeah. mind. Yeah, exactly. just, I mean, I could make a case that he was never groomed to be king. It's one of those things he like very much fell into it. So he didn't have the same kind of uh, learnings that Joffrey had, even though Joffrey was a terrible little monster. Um, but yeah, he's just, it's just bad. I mean, I... I don't know what the the end result here is, except for Tommen's got to go. He's going to die. The prophecy was that her children are going to die. Okay, I have a theory. This is, it's completely unsubstantiated, but do you think Cersei's going to be responsible for Tommen's death? I sort of feel like that would be like the most Shakespearean way for him to go. go. I've seen that. I've seen, well, I haven't seen it like her directly, but I've definitely seen online that it would be uh, Sir Gregor 
Oh, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that just, the mountain, the zombified whoa. mountain that he's just going to kill off, you know. Or what if Tommen? she just, like, accidentally sits on him? <laughs> what? I don't know. How would that kill him? <laughs> she just dress doesn't realize. so heavy. <laughs> just a thought. New costume designer this, this season. <laughs> um, okay, so children's deaths. Rick and Stark is back. Oh. Uh, he's going to die real bad, oh. too. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. He's low-key my favorite. What? He's of, done nothing. That's why That's I like right. him. That makes him better than most characters on this show. <laughs> oh, poor Rick. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to lose a few appendages first. Ugh. Yes. You know, because Joffrey, oh. uh, not Joffrey, sorry, our Joffrey 2.0, Ramsey, he likes to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't just kill someone just, you know, without any fanfare. So he definitely likes to play with his victims. Mm-hmm. I'm personally more afraid for Osha. I think she's, oh, God. It's going to be Rape wanna, City back in Oh, yeah. I don't right even want to think about it. I'm terrified. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the theory that, that the Umbers who kind of sold out Rick in here, are secretly working with them. and the, Working with, with who? With the Starks. They're basically... So the Umbers have been very loyal to the Starks, as he sort of... Right. He oh. alluded to, and now with you know Ooh. his dad gone, he was sort of like, well, I'm going to do what I want. So what if this was whole, an elaborate plan? Now, a lot of fans want to believe this, because they don't want to believe that baby Stark is in trouble. But it's just an elaborate a plan to pull one over on Ramsey and House mm. Bolton. I'm down for anyone who wants to pull one over on Ramsey. Ramsey's got to go. Ramsey's got to go. And I sort of wonder at the show's attempt to make Ramsey into such a central character, where I feel like we've had more Ramsey time than any other yeah. main character on this show this so far this season, where I wonder if it feels like they need another Joffrey Mm -hmm. but I don't need another Joffrey I already had Joffrey we're supposed to be past this point like I don't need to be we're in like the second phase of this story and the storytelling I don't need another sort of pseudo big bad villain you know I thought that we were moving forward and trying to like explore the complexities of all of these stories and it's just like all of this stupid Ramsey time it's just going to be another episode of him like chopping people's dicks off if you have any last words, now is the time. Speaking of writers killing people off and raping people, <laughs> our, our favorite recurring segment that we've only done one other time, <laughs> who deserved it the most? To die. To die. Who deserved it? Who deserved their death the most? We could also do who deserved to get laid the most. Oh. non Next week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie. Ollie. Ollie got to go, yeah. I really hated Ollie. I hated Ollie for a couple reasons. First of all, Ollie's introduction scene is just a flat rip from Lord of the Rings. Hmm. But then it's also like he's he's like responsible for Egret's death. Like every stupid thing that's happened at the wall, somehow stupid little Ollie had his little fingers in there. And plus he was so like he's such a little bitch going up <laughs> like on the uh, with the noose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. His whole deal just really bums me out. What do you think, Crystal? I mean it's hard not to say Ollie, but <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say that maybe the Targaryen Kingsguard in that uh, flashback oh. at the Tower of Joy, you know, they, even though they were following orders, they were still aiding and abetting uh, possibly Lyanna Stark from getting some help that she needed, so desperately needed. So for that reason, I'm going to say that they needed to go. Also, I, I, the more I think about that scene, the more I liked it. I know we kind of talked offline about how the fight choreography this season hasn't been super great, and maybe they're saving their 
their budget, their budget. for the yeah. big battles <laughs> ahead. Budget. Yeah, but I, the more I actually rewatched it, I like it. You know, the thing I actually like about Game of Thrones fight choreography is that it's not slick and it's not like they're dancing. The swords actually feel and look very heavy, like yeah. when they're swinging them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gravity to that. And it's a little messy, and I like I like that it's a little messy. It feels more realistic. I think my frustration with that fight scene is the moment when Bran and Max von Sydow. What's Max von Sydow's name? Three Eyed Raven. Okay, when Bran and the Three Eyed Raven are like, he's not as good. It's like okay, I could have picked that up from the fight choreography. Well, but you know that that has more to do with maybe some flaw in Ned Stark's armor, because you know Ned Stark was this honorable guy. Everybody who watched season one knows that he lived by a code and his duty. And for the first time, Bran is realizing that the stories his dad told him are, didn't actually go down the way he thought. So is it honorable to win a fight where basically your buddy stabs your opponent in the back? Not really. And I think that was actually, I, I kind of like the implications of that, of like maybe the Ned Stark that we knew in season one isn't really kind of the Ned Stark that... that existed back mm-hmm. then. I like that. I like that, you know, to see Sir Arthur Dane, who in, you know, Game of Thrones lore is the most incredible knight there ever was, and to see him go down with a stab in the back, that was pretty interesting. If a girl tells me her name, I will give her eyes back. So let's talk about Arya. She, she's had really very little screen time so far this season. She's been blind and poor, and her life is <laughs> just utter shit. And she now she's okay. She gets good seafood, though. She does. Yeah. Oysters, clams, and cockles. <laughs> I say that like once a day in my house. I'm not kidding. I just go, oysters, clams, and cockles. But yeah, so she no more seafood, but she has her eyesight back. She does. I mean... It was as much as I loved the training montage of that, of her getting hit over and over again with the staff. I'm so glad that it's over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. They seem to really be speeding through some of these storylines this season, and Mm -hmm. I could not be more thankful for that. I hope that it's a sign that that will also happen with Danny's storyline. But uh, but yeah, so the fact that she has her eyesight back, I mean, what are what does that mean? I mean, is she officially no one? I don't know. Is she I you know, needle is still hidden. I feel the same way. I think Arya's storyline for the last season and a half, basically since she left the Hound for me, has been really lackluster. But this episode was really the first time I felt actually invested in something that was going on with Arya in a long time. Partly because I think that question of identity and like losing history and if that's real or not or if that could come back for her at some point I think that's a really interesting territory to explore and one that isn't something that you can see with any of the other characters you know so even if it's like like I feel like with Danny's storyline we've been here before you know Mm -hmm. we've literally been here before season two yeah exactly and the same with a lot of these characters where we're sort of repeating the same cycles but with Arya it's sort of different and this is sort of a new territory in terms even in terms of any of these characters on the show that somebody would be on a show where everything that everyone does is so tied to their family history, to like the history of the world itself, to all of these sort of shared communities, that somebody would exist without a community is an interesting development to me. And I'm sort of curious to see where that goes. And then over in Marine, we have Varys and Tyrion, who are just having a gay old time together. (laughs) They're just having too much fun. Tyrion's (laughs) trying to play drinking games. It's not really working out for him. I mean, that to me was the the biggest slap in the face of this episode. I know people were like, oh, it's comedic relief. No, like it was truly a scene meant to waste 
everyone's time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, why I agree. is this happening? Gandhi and Grey Worm, they don't yeah. get it. They're just boring. They're just so silly. Oh, and like, this is another writer's thing for me, though, where it's like, why are Masandi and Grey Worm the ones who, like, don't have personalities, you know? I feel like it's one of the weirdest things about this show to me is the way that it handles its raced characters or the way that it handles race within the world mm-hmm. where it's like you have Varys have this weird half conversation about colonialism with this like this basically unnamed brown person from Marine where she's like yeah you all came into our territory and are now trying to rule us and he's like well, it's kind of good for everyone, though. And it's like, I want you like, to... Yeah. Just, like, holding a martini. Yeah. Like, being yeah. bitchy. But, I mean, yeah. think about, like, you could make the argument that Danny is sort of in the shitstorm that she is, is because she did that. She tried to do what she thought was best was by being this white savior character. Right, but I don't feel and, like, like the show goes, goes anywhere with that. Yeah, but I think she's, you know, but that's why she took such a downfall was because she was like, I'm the great savior. I'm going to free you. And then everybody was like, no, you're erasing our culture. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Right, right. Yeah, so. I just wish that the show would explore that directly mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of making it kind of these half conversations and sort of half illusions or even half characters. Like, who was that woman? She's never going to come back. She's sent off on a boat somewhere to God knows where. And then, yeah, and then Grey Worm and Missandei, where we finally have alone time with these characters and they can't even think of something for them to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really strange and something that has always bothered yeah. me about Are they this still show. together? Are they still a they, thing? Yeah, yeah they're, they're still a thing. thing. It's also just really weird because when you think of the implications of that whole conversation, it's like, okay, the Sons of the Harpies were being funded by basically the entire entirety of Slaver's Bay. Which means that they are at war with so many different places with the entire, like, the in, basically in the entirety of Essos they're at war with. How the fuck are they ever <laughs> going to deal with that and then get to Westeros? Well, I know. That's another thing that's so bizarre about everything that goes on in Essos, yeah. where it's just like, my end game for Danny always is get this bitch to Westeros. Yeah, she can't. And it's, yeah, it's just so. She's just gotta slow. go. Can she just peace out? <laughs> and she's gonna leave Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, isn't she's that? like, this didn't go as well as I planned. <laughs> Bye, Dothraki, roll out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, this whole season so far to me feels both compressed and very stretched out. Like they're just like, okay, we have this many episodes left. We got to make this work. Yeah, it feels- I can just see the panic and the stress and just sort of also the like everyone's over. Over it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not impressed so far, but I'm hoping that we get some Sansa time next week. I'm hoping we get some more Arya time. I think Hopefully. we're all big Sansa Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. That's I all. That's all I we can hope I also hope, hope that we get more hugs from Jon Snow. Who knew Ugh. he was such a hugger? He Who woke he? Up. Oh, yeah, his friends. He, he hugged Tormund, and then he, he hugged Ed. And he hugged Davos Those? naked. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. He ran yeah. into Davos' He literally arms. just hurled his naked body onto Davos. I was like, this is the best part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely that scene, though, between, like, when he hugged Ed. I For a minute, I was like, they're going to kiss. Oh, they're going to kiss. It was an intense scene. <laughs> I was like, anyway. Oh. The only thing I care about Ari Jon Snow right now is when it's going to happen with the Red Witch. <laughs> he just well, needs to get laid. It's been he, a long time. His watch has ended. He could totally get yeah, laid perfect. now. Do your thing. Perfect. I'm looking forward to that next week. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See ya. Bye. 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 
everyone. This is Rachel again. Uh, starting next week, we're going to be taking listener questions and feedback. Only nice things. Please, no dick pics. Please send a voice memo to gameofcronespod at gmail.com. And please include your name. Again, no dick pics. And uh, please be kind. Thank you. Game of Crones is a production of the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at MTV News and at MTV Podcasts. You can find this and other MTV podcasts on iTunes.